Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. I have brought back a guest, Mr. Mike Dola, who last appeared on the show for November 3rd, 2019. That was episode 78, if you're keeping track. And today is episode 204. How are you doing this morning? Man, I'm, I'm awesome. I can't believe it's been almost two years. I feel like time is just flying by. And I don't love that. Well, I mean, it's uh, it kind of feels like this whole saga of time that we've been through, like the pandemic and everything has kind of put things on pause where time has gone by, but we haven't really like given it credit for having gone by. But one thing that I like about having a podcast is that like I get to reflect on these past visits. I have all these things documented um, and like connecting with people. That's like... I love doing that. And something that I've noticed about you is like you are also in the in the same way a big fan of connection and uh, checking in with people on Facebook and stuff. But just to bring people up to speed, if they are just hearing of you for the first time, because I'm going to have some like uh, just normal people that tune into the podcast, they might not know who you are. How would you introduce yourself at a party? Oh man, this, this is so hard. I honestly, I don't even know. Like I used to identify with just being Mike Dola, normal dude. And then I was Mike Dola, stronger you CEO and founder. And now I'm still founder, but I recently sold the business. So I don't identify with business owner. So I'm just a dude that wants to help people live more enjoyable lives. Uh, I want to have fun. I want to experience as much of the world as possible. Uh, I want to be financially free. I want people to be healthy. Um, I'm probably boring people and they're going to talk to someone else at this party, but that's that's me. I don't take myself too seriously. I love helping and giving advice. And I just want to have as much fun because we get one shot at life and I don't want to fucking blow it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that has always kind of got my attention with what you put out into the world. Um, we can take this shirt, for example, they're not going to be able to see it on the podcast, but, uh, the shirt is my grocery shopping shirt with my website underneath. Um, I, I definitely give you credit for giving me ideas like that. Thinking outside the box. Um, You have to, because no one like traditional billboards and advertisements are boring as hell. You have to put something out there that people are going to recognize, remember, and take action on. And that shirt, this is my grocery shopping shirt with your website on it. That's, that's memorable. I'll never forget that. Well, even just like I went to the grocery store last night, like that's kind of, it's my happy places where I go to kind of clear my head and obviously get groceries. But I was like just doing loops around the produce aisle. And I noticed that people were like giving a second glance and they're like, who is this guy? And then like yeah, yeah. to answer their questions, they might check out the website. It's higher plausibility of that than if I wore like a Nike swoosh kind of thing. Right. Um, when or, did you, or even if you just wore a shirt that had your website or your business name? Everyone just wears a shirt with a business name. I, I think that outside the box thinking is awesome. I love guerrilla marketing type stuff. So 
you got my wheels turning already. So <laughs> I'm probably going to take some notes. Well, I mean, that's, it's a good segue into like what I was going to ask next. Like, when did you first start thinking about the whole idea of loving guerrilla marketing? Like, when did it start to click for you? Yeah, it's super early. So I started Stronger You in 2015. And I realized that our industry is more or less filled with bullshit and lots of people competing for customers' attention with bullshit. And I wanted to be a little bit different. I didn't want to just say, hey, I help people eat better. I wanted to get people thinking and recognizing recognizing what we did. And that's kind of the genesis of it. I was just thinking, like, how do, how do products and services get my attention? You know, usually word of mouth. And if it's not word of mouth, it's something creative that takes chances and doesn't apologize for being fun and entertaining. And I think so many brands these days, um, they're just too damn prude about it. They're scared to say hell. They're scared to say damn. They're scared to call people out. They're scared to put their stuff out there with certain tone because they're going to offend some 80-year-old guy in a suit. Like, screw that guy. I don't maybe want those people as my customers. That's my old career in banking, you know, going into debt to buy suits just to have the job. How ridiculous is that? In banking, it's just so snooty. And I knew that like when I went from banking to HR to Stronger You, I could do what I wanted and I could kind of implant my personality into the brand. And that's what I love. And that's what I think a lot of people are a little scared of because they don't want to offend people. They want to be this thing that's like, okay, for every single person. And as I got more comfortable with it, I got a little bit more open and I wasn't as afraid to upset maybe one to two people while satisfying a hundred. And I don't know, it's just, it makes work more fun as well. You're not showing up to a snooty, boring office. You just have a good time and get your product out there and change lives and help those people get it out there. And I don't know, man, it's enjoyable as hell. Well, I mean, a lot of like peace and uh, just, uh, I just, peace comes from not being afraid to piss a few people off because usually it's the people that kind of need to be distanced a little bit. And then you are able to, really focus in on the meaningful connections, like the friendships that come from Facebook. Like, I mean, we've never met in person, but it feels like we have, like, it feels you know like I know you. Funny? I, I wasn't even sure. Like, cause we've talked a bunch of times we've been on podcasts together. I feel like I know you. I feel like that with many people. And mm-hmm. it's, it is strange the age that we're in. Well, I mean, quite a few guests on my show. Sometimes I have to like reflect and I'm like, okay, did I see them at the summit or not? And at this point, more people I've just met through the internet than not. And like just the the timing of things, like I've talked to people who went to the Kansas City Fitness Summit five years before I went, but then we know a lot of the same people because of the people who've gone for like five years in a row kind of thing. Um, But something else that kind of got my attention with your Facebook post yesterday, you talked about how you're getting towards the age of 40. And for myself, I'm getting towards the age of 30. So I feel a lot of like similar emotions, like reaching that milestone and just things going through my head. But like, uh, let's, let's talk about what's kind of going on for you. Like, what are you reflecting on as you approach that, that new age? Dude, it's, it's very strange to me because I'm, I'm a very deep thinker about my own life and like what makes me tick and what makes me happy and what I want to achieve. And it's, it's hard to relate to a lot of people because most people I know just wake up and go to work. And 
I wake up and go to work because I want to after selling a business and you know that business was very good to me financially like I don't have to do certain things and I'm trying to figure out for myself like what is next you know I'm almost 40 I just had a baby I'm married I'm happy what makes me tick and I just started thinking like holy shit I spend so much time on Facebook and a big reason for that was to build the networks the connections uh, be where the customers are, help people with food stuff, general advice, whatever. And I just thought to myself, like, why am I still doing this? Is it healthy? I don't think it is. And there's parts of me that, you know, I'm going to miss a lot of it. And I'm still going to be on Facebook, but I'm not going to doom scroll. I'm not just going to sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll and like people's stuff who maybe I don't even know. And that's kind of where my head's at. It's like, what do I want to achieve? What is my purpose? I still have it with the food stuff and just being present and things like that. But I don't know. It's, I don't think people think about life enough because they're too damn busy to really think about it. And then they get trapped in a job they don't love, maybe relationships they're not happy with. They go on Facebook and it's just toxic. It's a bunch of adults arguing about shit that isn't important. And I don't want to do that. You know, it's, I don't know. Maybe I need to talk to the therapist or something, but I, uh, I think a lot about this stuff. And to me, it's fascinating. And I don't want to watch people not be happy. You know, I want everyone to be happy because it's something that I've achieved and I want to help everyone with that. But I don't know if just being on Facebook is where my head needs to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can relate to a lot of that. Like I think endlessly like my brain's always going and it's always thinking about like outside of just the essentials of like pay bills and all that stuff um and just like with this past uh, whole like instagram facebook shutdown um it's not the first time it's happened so i was kind of familiar with what do i do well i now i need to press refresh on my brain of like how can i manage my time in the way that will most help me as a human being um, I quickly just uh, wrote a quick article, talked about something that was making my life better, kind of gave some book recommendations, talked about my most recent podcast at that time, and just kind of gave some some spoilers as to what we talked about. Um, and then with regards to you talking about uh, distance, distancing yourself from like the uh, endless um, black hole of Facebook. One thing that I've looked at doing is, well, I mean, I'm doing it right now. I just kind of pick out the people that I want to talk to and then I put them on the podcast and then I don't feel disconnected. I, I feel like I'm actually, um, creating better quality connections than I would have otherwise. Like then we actually get to kind of talk face to face and like have our deep conversations. And I spend the equivalent amount of time and feel way better. So it's like quality over quantity, I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting because I think about it and I'm like, people think they know me based on my social media. And some of these people have never had a conversation with me. Um, it's inherently very easy to judge me because I've had success in the industry where many don't. And some, you know, I feel guilty about that as time at times, like I did something wrong. So people inherently might think, oh, this guy sucks, lucky, asshole, whatever. I hope, you know, people that actually do know me know none of that is true. Um, but then I think if I'm not on Facebook anymore, am I becoming irrelevant? Do people not know who I am? Why do I care if people know who I am? Because to be honest, the best, 
I think the best I felt at work was when fit pros didn't know who Mike Dola was when, you know, I came out of nowhere and they were like, what the hell is this stronger you think? And they're like, what? It's this like multi-million dollar business with word of mouth marketing. This dude doesn't advertise. He didn't have an email list. He didn't have a blog and he's crushing the industry just by helping people. And that is what I miss, I think, the most. And it's weird because don't get me wrong, I love many fitness professionals. I think the industry or the, the job is kind of weird. It's like everyone's trying to do the same thing. You know, you make something on Instagram and then 40 other people start doing the same thing. And it's just, I don't know, man, it's weird to me that everyone's kind of copying people that they don't even know if they're successful. Or people see what we're doing now and they're trying to do that. And I'm like, hey, have a conversation with me and I'll tell you what I did in 2015 to project the business to where it is now. Because what you see now is not what got us here. I love that you said people are copying people who where they don't know if that person is actually successful. Because I see that a lot. Um, yeah. I, I tend to believe that if I'm brutally honest with people... Um, it's going to get me further ahead in the long game. And so when I'm quiet with in-person clients, like if I'm just working with just a few people and like a colleague asks, asks me like, oh, you're busy with in-person? I'm like, no, I could definitely be busier. This is where I'm at. This is how my time is dedicated. I'm busier with online than in-person, but I'm going to position myself to get busier by providing a consistent experience. And then I'll ask how they're doing. And they'll be, oh man, just slammed. And maybe they're not. And I just, I have always believed that it's more important to just say where you're at than to try and put on a facade to uh, impress a person or to make a person think that you're someone that you're not kind of thing. It's a comparison thing. Like there's, I mean, everyone in the industry has some sort of little ego, at least, you know, some people have larger egos, but when people ask, they, no one wants to be slower than the next person. It is a competition. And, you know, my start in the industry is I tried to start a little CrossFit garage gym that didn't work, but you know what, when people used to ask me how it was going, I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's great. Everything's awesome. No, it wasn't awesome. I had at most like at one time about 10 to 12 clients. They weren't all there at the same time. Most nights it was one to two people. It was like me working out with a friend. It, so you know, now if people ask, I'm honest. Yeah, hell yeah, this is awesome. But back then, I was kind of full of shit, you know? Well, what no do you think was like the, the turning point where you started to kind of shift perspectives and you started to just be upfront with people, like say where you're at? Do you, I, I think when, when CrossFit was like, hey, uh, to renew your affiliation, we need $3,000. And I was like, oh, shit. Like this, is this a hobby or is this a career? And I was doing it after work. So I couldn't really put in the effort. So not only did I not know what I was doing, I was kind of, I want to say like, I wasn't really honest with what I, what I wanted to do because I knew the, the nutrition stuff was really the thing. So when I had the opportunity to, to pivot to that, I could do it on my cell phone, but, and it made a bigger impact than my garage gym could ever make for people. They could work out somewhere else. I don't give a shit. I want to I want to handle their food. Gyms, if they're there for an hour, what's that 4% of a day? Give me the 96%. I'll take that every day of the week. I'm handling food, stress, sleep, hydration, general movement. 
you guys handle the workouts. I don't give a crap about that. Um, when did you get kind of that insight to sort of like realize, cause sometimes we kind of get stuck in our like little echo chamber and we don't see the solution until like something hits us. So what was that for you? It was really the, the first client and who is now a coach, Cindy, when she's like, you know, I was just that dude talking on Facebook, giving advice to my real network. And that I think is important for fitness professionals to understand. I was giving advice to people who actually knew me. I wasn't giving advice to essentially strangers on the internet that didn't trust me. So when I would talk about this stuff, my personal network, they listened to what I said. So when Cindy started seeing this, she said, I'll hire you. And at that point I was like, did I just, did I just start a nutrition business? And kind of like it was, I went to her gym on a Saturday and we talked about it. I think I charged her $120 for 12 weeks. She got full access to me for 10 bucks a week. And that's another piece of advice I'd give people. If you're starting out, stop charging what these high ticket shysters are charging. Charge just to get people in the door and get results because those people are going to be your walking and talking billboards. So if you want to know the real secret to stronger you, it was that I charged next to nothing and I built walking billboards who then essentially built my business for me. Mm -hmm. And I've done that over and over and over for the last seven years. Well, I mean, I'm the kind of person who does a pretty big deep dive with people's like origin story, their career. Like, I think I've probably tagged you like 12 times in different podcasts that I've listened to. Um, because that helps me to understand rather than getting all upset that somebody's found success. I just find like what their like day one or their year one looked like. And it kind of, it helps me because then I'm like, okay, no, like he, he sat in the shit for plenty of time. He had to kind of put a lot of things to the side to just like put in the effort that it took. Um, at I remember what, I was 32 when this was going on. So this wasn't when I was in my twenties, like I was a career underachiever into adulthood, adulthood. You know, I've had, I've had like relationships fail because I had no ambition. So people see me now, they get introduced to me now and they're like, oh, this guy had it all figured out. No, I'm not a PhD. I went to community college. I just figured out people's food problems and fixed them at scale. That's my story. How did I do that? There's a lot of stuff intertwined, but this isn't like, you know, most success stories are accidental. I just wanted to solve a problem. That's it. Well, I mean, there's a lot to take away from that. Um, just even mentioning like where it began at what point in your life, because oftentimes like for me as an individual, we talked about how I, my emotions approaching age 30 and how I'm like, oh, I haven't done this or I haven't done that. I'll be totally honest. Like I look to colleagues and friends in the industry to see where they're at. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Like I got nothing to worry about. Cause I got friends that are just having kids now. Like that was a big part of like, I had Dean on the show, having you on the show because like seeing someone older than me, that's just starting their journey as a dad. That makes me excited because it brings me hope, gives me kind of like motivation that it's, it's gonna be fine just keep working hard be yourself and it'll work out um what was that moment like for you if we just jump to that right away like what what is being a dad like for you dude it's like like if you want emotion like here we go it's 
it's the fucking best, dude. Like, I didn't expect this, but dude, it's, you can't describe it. It's, it's better than anything you will ever experience. Like, it's all I fucking care about right now. Like, I love the food stuff, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this is wild, huh? That took a turn. But yeah. yeah, I don't care, man. Like, fuck. More dudes need to cry, right? What are we fucking scared? Be a man, man up. What a bunch of bullshit, right? Yeah, but well, dude, I mean. It's the fucking best. It yeah. is the best. I love every second of it. It's like, <laughs> like you wake up and see these little giggles. Like, what dude it's speechless you know i love it this is what this show is all about (laughs) like this is um i don't talk about fitness and nutrition nearly as much as every other podcast because the only thing i give a shit about is the lifestyle chase you know like this is when i named this podcast i was looking for a title that represented um the pursuit of happiness um, that also would correlate with making meaningful connections that actually mattered, not just transactional conversations, but like things that you could carry with you. Um, and for years, top of mind for me has been the journey to like continue on a legacy. Like the things that keep me up at night are, am I going to meet my perfect match? Or someone who just wants to ride out the waves of the ups and downs of life with me. Am I ever yep. going to um, get to hear those giggles for myself? And like that, I put this show out there because somebody else is feeling just the way that we do. Somebody else is having their times when the emotion comes up. Um, and this is just part of life. And yeah, if we don't talk about it, everybody's going to think that they're broken. Because they've never heard somebody talk about it before. So it means a lot that you kind of shared that moment with me. um, Because that's what I'm all about. Like, that's that's the hill I'm willing to die on kind of thing. As far as how your life has changed. Like, what what have you noticed differently? You know how other people teach us things? What have you learned in that process? I just... Like you, it's the weirdest thing because everyone's like, oh, as soon as it happens, you're going to be changed. And part of me was like, I know I'm going to love this baby and everything's going to be great, but it's going to be a part of my life. And it's, it's not a part. It is your life. It's everything is about like, how do you set this kid up for success now? Like you, you're okay spending the extra money on the stuff that will help them sleep. You're already thinking about like, you know, my story is very interesting, right? Like sold business again, financially pretty secure. How do I raise a kid that isn't a little spoiled shit? When she asks for something, how do I not say yes? How do I, how do I tell her the story like that? Like growing up, I didn't have shit. My mom was a fucking single hair, single mom hairdresser. They're not making dough. So it was like groceries and I'm aging myself. It was like groceries or Sega Genesis, right? I remember going to the grocery store with my mom and seeing the price of the groceries. And in my head, I said, that's exactly how much the Genesis is. How come I can't have that? And she's like, dude, then you don't eat like that's it. So my kid live is going to grow up in a world that we don't worry about that. So how do I go out of my way to make her understand 
what struggle is and what you need to do and what I need to do as a parent to give her a good life, but not too good where she doesn't appreciate things. Mm -hmm. And I'm already like, she's five, almost five weeks old. And I'm thinking of this, I'm not going to mess that up because I know we've seen those kids, right? The rich kid, that's a snotty little shit. Like no one, no one likes those kids. I want a kid that has to work for things but also can enjoy life and finding that balance is going to be tough, but that's like my, my mission, you know? I totally get that. Like, I mean, something that I've thought about during the pandemic with just all the pivots that the fitness industry has had to take is I reflect on like my childhood and having to, like, I saw my parents do whatever it took um, to just make things work. Like for a majority of their career, they were teachers, but every so often they had to pivot. They had to, uh, change jobs to like, if when I was born, I think my mom, uh, switched roles and just pivoted to make it so that she could, um, provide a good experience for me. And like my dad had to hop between different jobs and having witnessed that throughout my childhood, um, gave me a lot of emotional tools that I needed to know that when, life gets tough, um, you're going to be okay. And there's certain things to lean into. Like, uh, I always lean into friendships and, and family relationships. And I make sure that I'm like, uh, at the beckoning call, if someone needs me or needs somebody to talk to, because like life is so short and so precious that we need to be on deck for that kind of stuff. Like as far yeah. as your, Oh, go ahead. You said something important there, and it's another lesson to people. You should always be the dependable friend. You know, like when someone needs something or someone needs to be like picked up at an airport, you should be the person that someone knows will probably do that if you're free. Or even if you're not free, can you make time? I just think it's such an important friend quality to not be always too busy to help someone out. That's so true. I mean, I that is who I aspire to be like yep. there's been instances where um, somebody didn't even ask me to help them move. And I just offered to help them move. Cause I was like, I know how hard it is to find somebody that's willing to do it. So yep. put me on your list. I'm in, I'm in game and like airport <laughs> pickups are so simple. And especially with these fitness conferences. Um, oh yeah. I remember Derek, Derek, right. You, you and him were riding around together. Derek, yeah. I love Derek. I want to give Derek a shout out. He's one of the like coolest, nicest, just best humans in the industry. I mean, even in that hundred dollars to say that <laughs> <laughs> in the episode with him. And I think even in you and I's last episode, we talked about how much his gest gesture made a difference to me. And then I always think about like, when different uh, conferences happen in different cities, obviously a person will know a fitness professional that's based there. We had like our fitness conference here in Edmonton in 2019 and I uh, picked up uh, Carolyn McDonald and was able to uh, save her the trouble of having to navigate her way into the city kind of thing. And it's just like, uh, take the opportunities to do those things because they make such a big difference. Like it's, it is what builds up your um, your network, your friendships, the quality of the relationships that you have. It's like the whole reason I got to be a guest on somebody else's podcast was literally because I gave them a ride to the airport. Right. And we talked about his podcast. And we talked about my plans and my goals. And it was just like, 
about a month before I became self-employed by surprise and uh, in in the training industry because like the previous gym I was at closed um, and so it was just happy timing but it all came because I kind of thought about how someone else would be impacted by me going out of my way for them and I think that's so important and we'll probably never get old the older we get like it'll always be no. a current thing it's dude that stuff is fun man it's it's like doing cool shit for people is really fun it feels good and someone is left better so why don't enough people do it definitely something that i was thinking about and was going to ask you earlier was like when you're structuring out your day like your your lifestyle will have changed because of financial changes but now you kind of might have more control over what you put when and like who you prioritize things like that like how do you delegate that how do you make those decisions <laughs> it's man it's i don't know man it's weird because like honestly like I'm a I'm a naturally pretty lazy dude. But if something is up my alley in terms of interest or importance, I'll be I'll be like a monster about it. Like with stronger you, right? I'm like, oh my God, like this has to be done. So for me, it's it's just about a calendar, really. Like I just have to put things on a calendar. Um if someone else is better at something or I really don't want to do it, I will identify who I think could be the one that could do it. And it's never things like not, it's not the equivalent of like sweeping the floors, right? It's if I can do it and I'm good at it, I'll do it. If it's, if I'm not, I'll find the person who is. And for me, it's, you know, a lot of days I wake up and I still have like, don't get me wrong. I still have a job. Like I still have things to report and people to talk to. So I'm not over here just like playing with my Lego all day, even though that would be cool. Um, it's just a different life. You know, it's a different lifestyle. It's like every day feels like a Saturday, but I have stuff going on. And it's it's kind of been like that since day one of Stronger You because I've loved almost every second of it, you know? So when it comes to Stronger You and having seen so many coaches like ascend and have their lives change, like that's a big part of the joy that comes from seeing like a posting of Stronger You as hiring is knowing yep. the impact on somebody's life that that's going to have. What is one moment that kind of stands out to you where you've been able to watch from the outside in how somebody's life is just completely transformed for better? Dude, there, it's, I mean, it's happened dozens and dozens of times. It's This is the thing. Like, I can't choose one, but I can tell you like 25 to 30 people quit jobs they didn't love to work on the internet at home while still balancing life and family duties in an industry they love while making a good living. Mm -hmm. people buying houses who never thought they could have a house. Well, I mean, I love that part because <laughs> like, have you ever had somebody like hear what you do for work and then just assume that you're not getting by financially? Oh yeah. I mean, every, almost everyone I meet when I told them like, well, one, when I'm starting this thing, everyone thought I was a shithead. Uh, once it was going, everyone just kind of assumed it was like this kind of extra cash type thing. Um, one of our, he's a coach liaison now. He's like, um, part of the development of the coaches. His name is Glenn. He's like, I tell people what I do and it's, I tell them it's like a fake job, like, because like how many boxes, and this is what I'm so passionate about too, because I came from a world where I understood that the way we do things in like capitalist society 
is kind of fucked up, right? We have like, we wake up to do something we don't want to do all day. And then we have a few years where if we played it smart, we can retire and do some stuff we wanted. That's, that's kind of bullshit. So when I started this and I was able to hire people, um, I wanted, I wanted them to understand that this job is going to be different than other jobs. Yes, it is a job and there's going to be things we don't all love and don't want to do. But for the most part, this job is going to check more boxes than any job that ever existed. And I do feel very strongly about that. I want to maintain that. And again, it's, it's work. There's things that we don't always love. But when people could make a good living, work from home, you know, in an industry they're passionate about, that they're good at, and still not miss kids' little league, like, how do you not think that's an awesome job? Most jobs, like, I, I was 32 when I got into this field. Most jobs are such bullshit. The things I had to do and the managers I had and the people I had to satisfy for peanuts, that's not something I want people to do. And I don't know if there's a way to somehow get into this and help other people get out of jobs they hate. But, you know, my background in HR, shitty jobs, and then starting a company where the jobs don't suck, I want to get that out there because I hate watching humans do shit that they're not built and bred to do. Why do we wake up and do shit we don't want to do all day? For what? Like, it's, it's insanity, really. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough time to do what we want as humans. And well, it's killing us. I, I have so much perspective to offer when it comes to that. Just my whole start into the industry was literally because I, it dawned on me how short life was. Like I've, I've reflected on this a lot in the show about how I had lost a, a former teacher in a car accident. And I remembered how he made such an impact on me, just one person, and how he made me believe in myself, even though like some of his... He claimed I was going to be 5'10 one day and I'm 5'8. But just the <laughs> thought that somebody believed that I would aspire to take up that much space in the world um, meant so much that when I was at like my former career before this, I was working in a warehouse. We sold stainless steel pipe valves and flanges. That's what I did. I never like interacted with people. I didn't talk to people. Um, and so I always had these looming doubts that, anything else outside of that would not work that it would just stop progress would halt i wouldn't be able to pay my bills once i took the risk on myself to just be like okay sink or swim let's try this fitness thing and just did whatever it took like i worked for a, at a bar for about a year i've done so many different like legitimate like guerrilla marketing front of the grocery store jobs um to make it work and i would never never go back i would never do it any other way because having experienced that gave me like the black and white like this is what i do this is what i don't do no matter what it takes no matter what happens in the world i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to do the things that i enjoy over the things that just pay the bills because right. we all do die we don't have control over that life is very precious and like that experience gave me the perspective to know so that when people think that what i do for work isn't legit or when they second guess like how much I'm able to generate, um, I can kind of stick to my guns and just know for myself what direction I want to go with my life kind of thing. Yeah. And there's, it's, 
you know, a lot of people, it's it's weird. It's like the, the old corporate heads. They're like, oh, this online nutrition thing, it's not going to work. You can't do well. Well, for the most part, a lot of people involved in Stronger You are doing better than almost any regular corporate job. So I don't know. I think I think it's legit, you know? Definitely. Um, when you are looking for inspiration, just whether it be for your life, for your business, just your next moves, anything that you're thinking about, where do you go? Like for me, I go to audiobooks, I listen to other people's podcasts, but what it, what is it like for you? Yeah, I, I do similar. Um, I read stuff. I talk to interesting people. I just sit there and think. And that's like one of the things I don't, I don't know if, if enough people just sit down and think about stuff. And I just, I just kind of dive deep in my own brain and think about what I want to achieve and what do I want to do. And sometimes I think I just want to sit around and I don't think that's a bad thing. Like everyone feels guilty if they're not productive. Why? Because society made you feel that way. There's not enough leisure time. And sometimes I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, how do I find things I want to try? I'm like, do I want to try rock climbing? Do I want to ski? Do I want to scuba dive? Do I want to try this shit that I have the ability to do now? I don't want to miss it, you know? And I was, it's interesting because I was like, we were watching this documentary, my wife and I, and it was about like the 100 foot wave. And I was like, you know what's interesting? People could have all the money in the world, but they could never experience what these people are doing. You can't, you can't buy your way to a big ass wave. And that's something like these people, they made it. You know, like everyone's like, oh, I want money to do this, that, and the other thing. But you can't get good enough or have the, the, the chance or ability to hop on that wave like some of these people. And I'm thinking of stuff like that. Like how, all right, money's cool. It's great. You feel secure, but you still can't experience everything you want unless you put yourself in those positions. So I think of that, like how can I challenge myself so I don't waste it. So I'm not 80 years old and I'm like, man, I wish I woulda. Like, fuck that. I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm not saying I'm riding those waves. I'm not trying to die. But I'm gonna figure out some version of that for myself. Definitely. I mean, one thing that I experienced before I really made the jump into fitness was I went on a backpacking trip with my friend to Costa Rica. And that was like way outside of my comfort zone. And then it was two weeks I was down there and we were going from hostel to hostel. And at the start of the trip, he said, man, you should go bungee jumping. And I'm like the biggest chicken in the world. I'm yeah. a little bit scared of heights. I hesitate to put myself out there. I'm an introvert. But over time, he kind of like warmed me up to the idea. And then I realized like, well, if I don't do it on this trip, the odds that I'm going to have another opportunity just like this one very very low like uh, the amount of time it takes to book a flight the amount of time it takes to go on the plane flight like the clock is ticking and time's gonna run out um and so like i i booked the uh the bungee jumping and i was kind of broke at the time because i was overextending myself on this trip but i was like, well only yeah. one chance i can always pay back that debt or whatever and right. i remember sitting or standing on the edge of like the platform to do the bungee jump and like they're doing the countdown. Oftentimes I'll post this on my Instagram just because it was such a monumental time. And they're like, three, two, one. And I like take a big inhale 
exhale and just jump. And like from that point on, I knew that that was going to correlate to so many other moments in my life where I realized like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know how far I'm going to drop and what it's going to feel like to come back up, but I'm just going to do it. And like that life experience helped me take a huge risk on myself going in the fitness industry helped me put myself out there and come up with new ideas that nobody else was thinking, go against the curve with my podcast and just bluntly be myself and be totally honest with people knowing that it wasn't always the popular thing, but that would probably yeah. work for me. Yeah, that was, you know, it's funny cause I, I jumped out of a plane and I'll never do it again, but I did it. And I wore my heart rate monitor to see, you know, how much I was freaking out. And I wasn't, I was just super calm. It was like, in the high 60s, I think, on the way up. And I'm like, I'm in this plane. I'm going to do this. I'm not even going to consider that something bad can happen. I'm just going to jump out and I'm going to enjoy it. And it was crazy. It was cool as hell. And I'm glad I did it. But it does make you think, like, why the hell am I more scared to speak in front of people than I am to jump out of a plane with a piece of canvas and some stranger strapped to my back? Isn't it, isn't it just silly that we're scared to speak? Like I have to speak at a few conferences coming up and I'm like kind of bugging out about it. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to judge me. These people are going to think I'm stupid. What if I slur a word? Then I'm like, who, who gives a shit? Uh, everything's going to be fine. So we're just irrational humans. <laughs> we're funny, man. When you made the arrangements to jump out of this plane, where were you at in life? What was going on for you during that period of time? <laughs> oh, it's, it's really funny. I just started talking to my now wife and it was like a birthday thing. Like we met in the middle of August, I think was it 2015? Yeah. So like right after Stronger You Started, I think I had like a hundred lifetime clients at that point. And we were like, she was like, hey, let's go jump out of a plane for your birthday. And I was like, okay. And that was it. Two, a couple of weeks later, we did it. So where I was at, I just started dating her. Um, Stronger You was kind of just getting off the ground. And I was like, screw it. This will be fun. And now I'm married. So it worked. I mean, that's so. awesome. <laughs> and I feel like I would do something similar. Um, what, <laughs> what was it about that connection? Because you make a lot of connections. You're very good at networking. What was it about that connection that gave you that level of trust to just go for it with her yeah with jumping out just, of a plane because she just suggested felt right it. man it just <laughs> felt right i was i was in a good place she was amazing and i just said why the hell not that was it you just kind of know it's like such a cliche right when you know you know mm-hmm. well it's that's it i was just like i'm gonna do it it's something that um you know with the right person and the right timing i was just willing to jump out of a plane and it wasn't you know it's pretty controlled things happen but i would suggest other people try it because it was dude the world is a weird place from up there when you jump out of a plane and you like jump backwards and you see the world and you're spinning around and you're like holy shit i am floating it's nuts so that's it man it was just right person right time everything was perfect it was like my what birthday, 20 or 30, I don't know, 35, 34. I don't know. One of those years. Nice. But it was cool. It was cool, man. 
there's a few talking points that I have to take away from that. One of them being I'm going to give a spoiler for a future podcast episode that I have actually arranged where I'm going to be recording from a plane. Like, legitimately. I'm going to be interviewing my friend who was on the show for episode one. He now has his pilot's license. We have, uh, we're going to have some GoPros rigged up. And so people aren't going to believe it. But yeah, like probably episode 210 or something. So that's that's the trailer for that. Um, something else that I kind of, that popped into my brain as you're talking about like how everything was kind of coming together. Because I always see life as like... Uh, we hit some of our lowest lows and then all of a sudden it's like everything works out. Like yeah. when everything is going wrong, everything goes wrong. When everything goes right, everything goes right. Um, what was the season of life like for you before that period of time when, when everything started to work out for you? So I, I started to question it a lot. Um, when stronger you started to get busy, I, it was like textbook too good to be true. Right. It was like, this is not going to work. It's going to be, you know, in 12 weeks or whatever, all these people that I'm helping are going to be gone and no one's going to replace them. So I'm going to go out of business. I'm going to, I'm going to just do this as a hobby. And for me, it was, you know, I balanced my full-time job and stronger you for 13 months before I took the leap. You know, we were at that point, it was like my monthly income from the business was greater than my yearly salary for many months in a row. And I was still scared to jump you know, jumping out of plane, not the job. Um, and Krista and some close friends were like, just fucking do it. Just like, let's roll. Like if it doesn't work out, it'll, you know, she'll take care of me. And it's like, what, like that, who says that? That's crazy. Like what kind of trust is that? That's amazing. So I just did it like it and it worked out. And that's the thing. It, you know, I get credit. People are like, Oh, you took a chance. It wasn't a chance at that point. Taking a chance would have been at month two. This was month 13 before I quit my job. That's how uncertain of myself I was. Like that, did I lack confidence? Was I not sure? I don't know. But when you go 32 years with a secure job, you're, you're not, you know, and obviously I didn't work for 32 years, but call it like, I don't know, 20. It's like, why? Why would you think you could run your own business? Why would you think this is going to work? Good shit doesn't happen to you. Good shit happens to all those other people. But mm -hmm. maybe not. Maybe good shit can happen to anyone if they're in the right situation and they're the right person for it. So well, I, I mean, took the leap. <laughs> having spent five years at my old career, I definitely got stuck in that mindset where it was like, okay, you know, like this is my identity. This is my existence. This is all that I will be. And it definitely had an impact on like my, my behavior, my, like it, your environment facilitates everything that you do. Yep. So when I'm coaching with people, I will focus more on their environment than like the, the controlled variables. Like instead of telling right. them to, uh, focus on like counting their calories, I'll be like, okay, like what is, what does your day to day look like? Yep. Um, how can we refine that? Maybe get you solid connections, a good support group and uh, some sustainable habits that'll just increase your activity that you actually enjoy, whether it be dancing or walking. Um, but it's so easy for people to get stuck in that trap where they're like, this, this won't work out. And the easiest way to, the easiest way for me to get out of that, it started off, 
I started doing a deep dive on uh, Lululemon personal development books. Like I got the list of the books that they go through with all their staff, which is ironic because I've uh, had a role with Lululemon on and off. Right now I'm actually working for Lululemon as, as part of the many, many things I do. I do about five things right mm -hmm. now. Um, but I just wanted to figure out how they created a company with such a strong like identity, such a strong presence that consistently rolled out leaders in the community, like their ambassadors, everything like that. Their, their employees are always progressing and they have a certain mindset. So I wanted to learn about that. And then as I kind of got into the fitness industry and kind of got in the trenches and I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with a lot of these ambitious people, then I just wanted to learn how do these individual people get to where they are, which is a big part of the podcast. But then as a result of being in that headspace, now these people come to me <laughs> like um, really successful business owners who might not seem successful, but have everything that it takes and like have the bank account to match almost kind of like cross paths with me by association, just by seeing like how, how I show up in the world and having said all of that, like, I put myself in a position where I can see what could be because I'm watching the experiences of others and doing what they did to get to where they are. Because of that and making these connections, I've realized that no matter how successful you are, the things that are important in life are still important in life. Like yep. one of my friends who sold off his business at like 34 or something, he's retired, but he is still volunteering at soup kitchens. He is uh, delivering coffees to people just to brighten their day because that makes his heart feel whole. Um, that makes life worth living. And it's what the human experience is all about. Like, um, what is what is something that kind of has been sort of like an important thing for you? Like, we, we talk about all kinds of different things and the things that we can do for other people. But what's something that kind of has popped up for you as of late? Yeah, just dude, it's it's that's what I love to do is I have a friend that's having a baby and I surprised him with the the snoo, like this probably overpriced, obnoxious bassinet that gets kids to sleep. Because I know that if him and his wife do not sleep or his baby doesn't sleep, all hell's gonna break loose. So I just bought it. I've sent people on vacations. Um, I'll probably cover people's kids' college. Like that's the shit I want to do. I have the ability to do that. Like, why not? I'm good. I'm set. I'm, I'm safe. I'm investing. I'm diverse. I want to have fun. And to me, that is fun because life is hard for a lot of people. And I just want to make it better and easier. And that's like, how cool is that shit that like your friend can just go bring coffee to people. It's so fun, man. It's so fucking fun when you have the opportunity or ability to do shit like that. Well, I mean, it was neat how it all came together. Cause like, this is like a local Edmonton business owner. And during the pandemic, when all the businesses were shutting down, um, they had a budget for one of their businesses they were invested in. And the budget was pertaining to travel. So they couldn't travel. And so then they started off this whole thing by dedicating that budget towards um, making their community stronger and encouraging their community and for some people, they took it like they took these gestures very lightly, feeling like it was scammy or feeling like it was fake. But I 
they helped me at the right time. They did a lot of things for me when I was just feeling like, oh, how am I going to get through this? Like in my career before the pandemic, I had already overcome one gym closure. And then throughout all of like COVID, like the gym closed like three times. And just like that gesture meant so much for me. And like now it's like a big part of like what I put out into the world. I I tell people about how this impacted me and I look for opportunities where I can do a similar gesture, maybe not of equal financial magnitude, but of some kind of significance to give people hope in a time when people don't always have it. Um, Let's talk about goals. So I set goals, you set goals. What are your goals? What do they look like? And how do you frame them? This is, dude, this is really hard for me because I feel like I've had so many goals, like the business stuff, the, my wife, my child, my health activity. Those were my goals. And I'm kind of in a weird place where I need to find new goals. And I don't know what those are. I think some of it is trying to take care of certain people, um, help people out. How can I make the world a a little bit better? And that's really what I'm trying to think about. Uh, I think a lot about it, but I'm unsure what that framework looks like. So again, probably need to talk to people like you and others to figure that out because I don't know, because part of me is like, you made it, dude, you're good. Just chill and have a good time, have a good life. But that's unfulfilling. Like I'm not going to just, I don't know. I got to figure out some stuff. But for me, it's, I like to learn. Um, I like to be present with people I care about. Uh, that's something I think really slows down as people age. And I want to think like, how can I help people get together with people they care about? Like, is that, is that another business? Because right now, like, what is the reason people lose connection? Like people don't put an effort to hang out. That's the biggest thing. It's it, yeah. It's because people have kids and lives and stuff like that. But really, if you just put something on a calendar and make it easy for people, they'll probably be there. So mm-hmm. I think of that, like I'm very big on like memory dividends. Like how many experiences can I have in life and look back and say, man, that was so fun. And that's like, there's so much value in that. And before you know it, life is over. And you're like, fuck, why did I do those things I wanted to do? And that's not like, I want to inspire that for people. I want to encourage that, influence it, whatever. There's so much to life that people miss out on and then they get into it too late. Whether it's health, fitness, finances, life experience, joy, whatever. Like we can't sit on our ass. Things don't just come. And that was old Mike in my old career. I was kind of jaded at corporate America and life. And I was like, eh, good things happen to people who are lucky. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there not doing shit, going to work, not trying hard, doing bare minimum and being pissed at my bosses for not recognizing me. Well, I'm glad they didn't recognize me because they would say I'm lazy and I'm wasting their time and money. So if we want to do cool shit, we need to do cool shit. It is that simple, but we have to make that easier. I love that. When I was... In my previous roles, I would often be very similar where it's like I would want this recognition, but recognition for what? Like what was I putting out? What what did I need to be acknowledged for kind of thing? Right. And I think like it's it's 
kind of weird. There's like, it's like corporate and employee are at this crossroad in corporate America or capitalist America, Canada, wherever. Right. But it's like, where is the compromise? Like sometimes corporations are complete assholes and exploit everyone. Other times employees just show up to work and do the bare minimum and want recognition. The boss says, well, your recognition for the bare minimum is that paycheck. If you want to do more, get do things to get recognized and i think of that with everything friendships relationships work why would mediocre mediocrity be rewarded we have to put in effort we have to try and that does mean employees that does mean corporate we all have to somehow figure each other out and identify maybe some people are in the wrong positions like did any of my former bosses think i would start one of america's fastest growing companies no, they would, if my God, they would bet their life. I wouldn't because at that point they were right. I didn't have the conditions to succeed. And then when I did, the potential came out and that's what I, I want people to find it. And most, for most people, it's probably not at their current job mm-hmm. and that's uncomfortable. We get very, we get very comfortable and settled in our jobs because we don't think it's possible to get out of them. And that's a big theory of mine, why people screw up their diets and their fitness every weekend, because they're escaping what they don't want to be in. How, I mean, I'm not surprised. For most people, Monday through Friday sucks. And I want, I want them to change that somehow. Definitely. Well, I mean, as we close out this episode, I want to leave our listeners with a few things that have helped me along the way that maybe you can relate to. Um, I think it was like, a year or two ago, I made an Instagram post that said, tell people about your goals, like enlist people in, in what you want to come to fruition. And our mutual friend, Alex McBarity took it very literally. Um, and so him and I worked together um, for his business, A-Team Fitness. And that was all because I just laid it out there, said, hey, I want to do this. I want to get to this point. And he saw things in me that I was good at that could help him to do the things that he was good at. And that's become a big part of the momentum that I've carried. And as I continue to stack on these episodes of this podcast, like I don't know anybody who puts out more interviews per year than me. And I do that with great purpose because I'm going to take this thing to the moon one day. Um, Hearing that you're already in the two hundreds of episodes is kind of crazy. Like that's awesome. Well, I mean, I I obsess over it because I believe in what it will one day become. One day it will, through whether it's monetization through YouTube or through a sponsorship, is going to be what facilitates me being able to travel, to hang out with people. You talked about how it's important to make connections for people to go to different places and spend time with people. That's a big part of what I bring to life. Like that's who I want to be known as like the person who like um, bent over backwards to do whatever it took to be able to just hang out with a buddy in a different province, in a different state, see what their gym is like, see what their favorite coffee shop was like, eat their cookies, bring my own cookies, all these different things. And like, no matter what it takes, like you might have to come on this show like three more times for me to reach that goal. But it's just like that. That's what I'm dead set to do. So hopefully people kind of took some of that from this episode. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, man, it's interesting because I grew up very shy and I still am very shy. If you put me in a room with people I don't know or don't have any connection with like fitness or nutrition, I'm probably just going to sit in the corner on my cell phone. Um, so it's like people like me need these platforms to speak. So the internet and podcasts really help me show who I am and kind of know who I am. And I think that's awesome. There's a lot of interesting people out there with cool stories that have never had the opportunity to share them. And things like your podcast give people that opportunity. So I thank you. I think a lot of other people will thank you. And I think it's awesome. I just hope other people are willing to speak on podcasts. And my first few, I was scared shit. I thought I was going to say the dumbest things ever. And then I listened back and I was like, wow, okay. I don't speak too poorly. I'm okay. I think it was entertaining. I hope it was helpful. So more people need to to just shine with your platform. Well, I mean, I'm I'm the same way. If it wasn't for this show, people would think I'm shy. And like mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I'm just introverted. So I connect with people in different ways. I need that one-on-one and the internet facilitates that. But just like social media gets noisy and unproductive, You just use the channels that work most directly. And for me, it is getting a person on a video call and Mm -hmm. creating content in that capacity. So there's something that I get all of my guests to do lately, and it's to give a challenge to the audience, something that you think will make their life better, enhance their day. You don't have to overthink it, but if you're going to give a challenge to the audience, what would it be? I would tell people to, anytime they're thinking of complaining, Instead of complaining, go compliment. Think of someone, something, whatever. Go there, compliment that person instead of complaining about something. Because complaining constantly is just cancerous and it affects everyone's day. And then it just makes you into a shithead who just complains all the time. So people don't compliment enough. And that includes me. So I'm going to take this lesson away from the episode as well. That's awesome. I mean, like when people spend their time complaining or comparing, it's not going to help them get to where they want to go. Like it's just going to manifest more obstacles in their way because like they identify with always having something to bitch about and it's just going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. So hopefully people take that advice from you very literally. But with that being said, Uh, I'd like to thank you so much for coming back to the show. It's been good. I hope people go back and listen to the previous episode to see like how life has changed for us and everything like that. Yeah, dude. Thank you. I I love this. I hope people get something out of it. Um, I am so happy and I just want others to be happier too. Love it.